Two girls talking. You know what that means. It's time to talk. What's going on in the world? How about your business? How about your life? Let's talk it out. Two girls talking. Hi, everyone. It's Anna. And it's Ashley. Welcome back to Two Girls Talking. We're so very excited today about our guests because this is a topic that both Ashley and myself are personally very interested in, especially being raised Catholic. It's all about our connection beyond the physical world and into the spirit realm. That's right. Whatever you want to call it, God, spirit, the divine, the universe, our guest today is here to help make sense of life beyond the physical realm. We're thrilled to introduce and welcome Reverend Frances Faden. She's an interfaith, interfaith minister, author, intuitive energy coach for conscious women entrepreneurs like me and Anna, <laughs> and host of the Magnify Your Miracles podcast. A master intuitive healer and spiritual counselor, Frances is fluent in the language of the human energy field known as the chakra system and can quickly translate energetic information to help her clients heal and transform. But listen to this. Here's what's more. In 2012, Frances had a profound encounter with Mother Mary, which changed the direction of her life and awakened her life purpose. She has been channeling messages from Mother Mary ever since, and she loves working with highly sensitive souls who have a big vision and mission, yet are seeking validation and personal guidance with their next steps. Reverend Frances, welcome to the show. It's so amazing to have you here today. Thank you so, so much. I'm so thrilled to be here with both of you and with this beautiful audience. It's such an honor. Oh, well, we're so excited. Um, yeah. A lot of our audience are, you know, conscious women entrepreneurs like Anna and myself. So I feel like what you're about to say is really going to resonate. Um, you know, we both, Anna and I personally love the topic of spirituality and faith. Yeah. Um, we've both sent, spent a considerable amount of time exploring our faith. I'm a recovering Catholic. I know Anne is still Catholic. I'm still Catholic. And and these days I actually came I actually went back to Catholicism. <laughs> so I did leave and then I went back. And I left for good. Um, and I find myself more spiritual than religious these days and have been like in today I'm more open to spiritual exploration now more than ever. So, you know, Reverend Francis, I think my first question is, you know, what do you make of organized religion and how does it compare to someone's own spiritual personal spirituality and path to explore it that's a great question and it's a very individual type of a an answer for each person i think that organized religion if it works for you that's great my motto is do what works mm -hmm. so if it works for you if you feel honored if you feel like there's room for your individuality to express itself if at the end of a service or mass or whatever, you feel better and you don't feel guilty or worse or whatever it might be, and then it's working for you. So if it's, in, if it's a source of inspiration, I think we have so many different organized religions because everybody's in a different place in their life. And some things might fit you when you're in this place, and then you kind of grow beyond something. But here's the thing I'm going to say, I'm actually getting this to say to you, is that Every path has a mystical branch to it. Every yes. path has a mystical branch. And I'm a mystic, and you guys are probably mystics too. The mysticism is about, organized religion tends to be about, this is how we all do life. This is what we believe. And that's fine. But mysticism says, how can I have that direct experience? How can I not have to go through 
the priest or the rabbi or whoever it might be, how can I feel that divine directly? And every single path has that mysticism, which is where we find the saints and the sages and all of right. that. Well, so, that's that's actually Reverend yep. Francis, that's actually um, why I like Catholicism because it it it. First of all, you're right. Every every organized religion, it, it's based in mysticism. Otherwise, you know, the virgin birth, every Christian religion out there believes that. And then somewhere along the line, everybody became pragmatic, um, except for the Catholics, who still believe in the saints. And I know I pray the saints. My goodness, if I lose something, St. Anthony is my best friend. But <laughs> You and um, me both. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, please help me, St. Anthony. Um, but that one of the reasons why Catholicism still uh, is attractive to me, it's because of the mysticism and the mystic history that this particular religion um, still encapsulates, still very much adheres to. Um, don't, don't get me wrong, within every any organized religion, there are going to be different types of sects and whatnot, but you wouldn't have those within the Catholic religion if it wasn't for the mysticism and the mystics that we believe. I mean, yeah. you, know, you have your you have your Padre Pios, you have your Jose yeah. Maria Escrivas, you have um, the the stigmatists and the stigmatas. You have exorcism. You have all of that that is still a huge part of the Catholic religion, not the Protestants, but the Catholic religion. And that's to what I speak, and that's actually what draws me to it. Absolutely. Well, I was raised Catholic, also, and you know, I wanted to be a priest when I was seven, and I was told mm -hmm. I couldn't just because of my gender. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when I left the church. I was <laughs> like, well, because what I what I couldn't figure out is how is what I'm experiencing on the inside so different than what I'm being told on the outside? And that's yeah. when I started, like literally when I was 11, I started studying astrology and all kinds of metaphysical things because I knew that what I was being taught wasn't really the whole truth. It was There was sure. a flavor of it. Right. But I'll share with you, Anna, that for me, there were a lot of things in Catholicism that I was like, what, what does that even mean? And it was like, oh, well, it's just a mystery. Just, you know, it's a mystery. But <laughs> then I got into yoga. And when I say yoga, mm -hmm. I don't mean postures. I mean the path of yoga, sure. studying the philosophy the and chakra, all that. She was just talking about that. Actually, exactly. The chakras and, of them. and once I started studying yoga philosophy, Catholicism started to make sense to me because, ah. because <laughs> if you go to India, you can go to any town in India and they will have a saint that has resurrected. They'll have a saint that's walked on water. They'll have a saint that's done all of those things, but they can explain to you how it happened and why it happened and that well, we all I, have the ability to do it. Absolutely. I agree with that because the, any modern day religion and Catholicism is one of the oldest ones, obviously. Um, and I can't speak to any other religion, but my own, right? Yeah. But any religion, modern day religion will have been formed by those who are in charge. Right. Men right? Women used to be able to be Catholic priests. Popes used to be able to be married, as did priests. Everything has changed. So yep. if I'm only looking at this religion with anachronistic eyes, right. which means eyes only from today's modern era, if I'm looking at right. the history through it, I lose so much. And I lose, you, you do not see what was there in the beginning mm -hmm. as to how it transformed today. So when I say all of the Catholic mysticism, yeah, from the very beginning, yeah. from St. Peter, um, all of those things. There's so much more that goes into it than just Vatican II, than just 
John Paul the Great, and I say yep. John Paul the Great because that's the high school that we call after <laughs> JP too. But all of those things, you have to take all of that into account, mm -hmm. in my opinion, mm -hmm. when you speak about Catholicism mm -hmm. the way that I believe. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you something else too. I church shopped. Yeah, I, I, I think that's shopped, great. Yeah. Right. So. We talk about organized religions, and I sometimes think, and, and I think this is the way all of us are raised, we go to this church because that's the church that's closest to us. That's the church that's in our ward. That's the church that's, you know, what whatever yeah. we're assigned to by address. And I don't really know, well, I know that that's not how, what I adhere to. Yeah. So I went back to Catholicism for a lot of different reasons. Good for you. But I understand what you're saying. I, I just don't apply those to how I choose yeah, to. I think it's great. And you know, I'm an interfaith minister, mm -hmm. so yeah. I honor everybody. You know, sure. I've, instead of trying to get people to believe what I believe, my job is to help you connect with what you believe. And I focus on what we have in common, yeah. not, not what makes us all different. I'm like, okay, where's the thread and what's the commonality and all that? And if you if you step behind, because a lot of religion is about cultural things. Mm -hmm. It's not really yes. about spiritual spiritual truth. Because I mean, let's just take a look at Christmas, you guys. You know, if you go to Europe at Christmas time, everyone's celebrating it differently. Like they're going to eat different things in Sweden than they are in Germany than they are in Italy. It's but it's all the same thing. The cultural stuff really gets in there. So I step back from that mm. and I look at what's the thread that ties us all together no matter what religion you have and and how can i help you to connect with that more deeply well how did you become a spiritual leader yeah that's what i wanted to know like share your story from like seven years old seven year old francis in the catholic church and this is something that, again like i can relate to um with you and i've gone back and left Catholicism came back and left like a million times and then I'm left. And so would love to hear your path of how you came to be. Um, yeah. So from Long Island, I raised my mom's side's Italian Catholic, my dad's side, Irish Catholic, very Catholic. Grew up with an Italian grandmother who had a statue of St. Anthony in the living room and talked to him like he was sitting right there. Yeah, um, so, so I true. grew up with all of that. Um, and I remember, you know, going to church one Easter morning and it w I was seven and it was so serious. And I was like, but it's a happy day, you know? And I was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to share this energy of joy. I want to help people with that. When I was seven. And then when I was told, like, you can't do that because of whatever the reasons, I was like, well, that doesn't seem true. So that is when I started to study like 11, 12, 13, because I was trying to understand myself. Mm -hmm. So I studied everything. I studied like past lives. I studied numerology. I just was looking for like what's true. But when I was 19, I had a health crisis and that changed the course of my searching from just spirituality to healing. And that's when I first came across Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. And this whole concept that your emotions affect what's going on with you physically and that your body talks to you. Mm -hmm. And that changed everything for me. I went to my very first healer and she like read my body without me telling her anything. And she pinpointed what doctors couldn't do. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. So that's when I was like, how can I do that? I went to massage school and I was like 22. And in massage school, that's when I took a little seven week class on the chakras and my mind was like, 
this is what I was looking for. Wow. So I had started incorporating that energy work into the body work I was doing at the time. And you guys will love this. What started happening was I would be working with somebody trying to balance their energy. And I would ask myself mentally, like every week, that second chakra is not really moving. But like, what's going on? And the chakra started talking to me. I started getting answers. I started seeing things in my mind's eye. I was like, whoa, this is really weird. But I would tell my clients, is there any reason why I would see a dog right now? Mm. And like, oh, my dog passed away four weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, that's why. Because the energy, her grief is kind of stuck somewhere. So then I started really leaning into that. And people wanted the readings more than the body work. And that evolved. But that desire to still serve and be a priest was still in me. So when I moved to New York City... Um, 1996, I found a place called the New Seminary. And the New Seminary was founded by a rabbi and a Protestant minister and a swami. And uh, Rabbi Gelberman, who was the core founder of it, lost his whole family in the Holocaust. And after World War II, he was in America and they were all still in Hungary. And he said after World War II, every, every synagogue he would go to was just filled with like hatred and Hitler and all that. And he said, you know, he got my family. He's not going to get me. What can I, what can I do? So he said, I'm going to, I'm going to start a way that people can have religious tolerance and understand each other. So he started this seminary that was really about the, the theme was always in addition to never instead of, it's like, how can we include more things? How can we find that commonality? So I did that. And I was ordained as, as an interfaith minister in 1999, which allowed me legally to be doing the spiritual counseling work that I was doing. And then what ended up happening is I started going down the road of Eastern, studying the Eastern stuff because I didn't want to have anything to do with Catholicism. I was like, no thanks, no way, no how. By this time I came out, I was a lesbian. I was like, there's no way I could go back because the Catholic Church had become very political at that point, even though I agree with Anna, the roots of it aren't that at all. And what ended up happening is I studied, I went, I actually lived in an ashram. I lived in a spiritual community for six years. I went really deep into those very profound yogic teachings, but there was a lot of weird stuff going on in the community that didn't really, it's like organized religion. It's like, wherever you go kind of a thing. And we ended up needing to leave. And I went through a dark night of the soul experience because I really wanted that to be the thing. I was like, yay, I live in a spiritual community. I'm finally going to be able to have my life be, you know, what I'd always wanted it to be. And it didn't work out that way at all. And so I was, I was spiritually heartbroken because I didn't want to let it go. And we moved down to Southern California and used to walk on the beach every day for like nine months and just grieving, just really, really grieving and feeling that feeling of like, my God, why have you forsaken me? Like, I was like, what happened? I was hanging on by a spiritual thread and it was around that time that I went to go see a woman from India who was on tour and she was blessing people. And I went to go see her and I was like, I need something. I just need something. And so she gave me this blessing and she just whispered to me, divine mother is hearing your prayers, which I didn't think anything was happening with my prayers. And four weeks later, the energy of mother Mary showed up in my life in a very miraculous way. And then six weeks after that, I had what I call my profound encounter which you guys know, I'm an energy worker. I work with people. So I was praying and I was like, oh God, <laughs> like you gotta help me. Like, I feel so lost. I can't even feel your presence. Like what is going on? And all of a sudden the energy in the room shifted. 
I was like, oh my God, there's somebody's here with me. And my eyes were closed. So I was like, I'm not opening my eyes, but I could feel it. And in my mind's eye, you know, I'd been working with people and their energy for a long time. So I was used to seeing things in my mind's eye. I looked behind me and there she was. And it was Mother Mary. And my first thought was like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, I would have preferred if it would have been an alien from another planet. So I was like, oh no, this is not what I was hoping for. Can it be an Indian goddess? It was like, nope, it's Mother Mary. Um, and I asked her, like, why is she here? And she said, I want to be on your next call. Because I just started doing these message circles. And I was like, you want to be on my next call? She's like, yes. And I said, okay. And then boom, it's gone, just like that. And then all the feelings came up like, oh, crap, how am I going to do that? Like, how am I going to tell people I'm not Catholic? Like, what am I going to do? But you know what? I did it because I was at that place where I was kind of on my knees in my life. And I was like, let me just do it. And I was able to do it. And her energy, whew, came through. And I just want to clarify for people, when I say Mother Mary, because you don't have to be Catholic to understand mm -mm. this. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is this is an energy of unconditional love. Mm -hmm. If we were in China, it would probably be Kuan Yin. If we were in India, it might be Durga. It doesn't, you know, any it's it's the divine feminine energy, which I yeah. call the field of unconditional love. She It shows up for me looking like looking like Mother Mary. And that's what I was raised with. So I had to overcome a lot of my own, like, I can't do this. And oh my God. And then when I would say to Mother Mary, Mother Mary, I'm not even Catholic. She would laugh and say, neither am I. Right, she wasn't. She was Jewish. Right. Yeah. She so was. she was like, neither am I. So in other words, everybody's welcome. And mm -hmm. so from that point on, it changed the way I work with people. It changed um, because what I found, you guys, is that everything is in your energy field. I used to just be looking at health issues or mm -hmm. life purpose issues or whatever. But ever since I started working with Mother Mary, people from the other side show up in your energy field. All of your hopes and dreams are in your energy field. Like anything you need to know is in your energy field. And it's one of the things I love when I'm working with people is, you know, our mind is going to tell us, oh, I think I should do this and I want to do that. But your energy never lies. Your energy yeah. is like, Mm. That's so true. I, I was just having a conversation with Ashley this week about something I want to do. And I was telling her, I'm like, I, I feel so overwhelmed, so daunted. And I can feel my energy is just, it's not there right now. It's just, yep. uh, you know, whatever it is. Speaking with you has made me happier, but um, I can feel that. Yeah, I can feel that my energy is just not, um, it's not lifting me up right now. Yeah. yeah, follow the energy. It's what I always say is like, mm. when you don't know what to do, I, I ask myself, where's the energy? And there's two parts to that. One is outside, like, where's the energy? Where am I getting feedback from the universe of like oh. doors opening or not opening? Or, yeah. But then there's where's my energy? Like, where's my enthusiasm? Yeah. Am I up for what this is? So I always use that as a rule of thumb of like, this is a great idea, but where's the energy? Where's mm. the energy really? That's such great advice. I, I mean, I, I really resonate with that because I've been talking to Anna this week just about like, I'm just personally feeling a little unmotivated at work right now, but I'm also just trying to follow and listen to that energy and in full transparency for everyone listening, Francis and I had an amazing channeling session together last week that I definitely want to talk about just to give folks a clearer picture of just the, the incredible miracle work that you do. But um, when we worked together last week, I, you channeled my father and my grandma and an unborn baby. And like, I, I mean, the first, the first 
um, being that showed up was this being that I had a miscarriage. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it was just un- incredible and profound. So I, I would love for you to share like just um, how we are all supported with our loved ones and even loved ones that we might not have met in this earthly physical realm. But it's so the message that I got is that I have a, like you were like immediately you were like, oh, my gosh, a whole bunch of like beings have showed up for me. And I'm like, whoa. And I think that's just a reminder for everyone that we are constantly being supported by the other side. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. How much time do we have? I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing, the thing I will say is um, we are loved more than we can even imagine. We are loved more than we can even imagine. It makes me teary because if I had a superpower, I would want my superpower to be that I can help people see themselves through God's eyes. I wish I could do that because when I look at your energy, Oh my God, you know, it's not, it's not our self-perception in your own energy is all of your beautiful gifts and then all the energy of love that surrounds you. So yeah, you have, of course you have angels, you have spirit guide, you have all of that. The saints that you work with, I'm sure if I looked at Anna's energy, like St. Anthony would be right there because she's got, because (laughs) you have a relationship. (laughs) Yeah. Because you have a relationship with them. So it's not just a mental thing, but our minds tend to minimize it. Yeah. But this is the work that I've been coming into more recently. And the truth is it's been happening since day one, but I didn't want it to be happening. I was like this, I'm not a medium. This is kind of weird. I don't really know what I'm doing. But from day one, I've been seeing loved ones in people's energy field. And all they want to do is tell you that they love you and support you and encourage you. And what I have found, especially as entrepreneurs, because, you know, it can be kind of lonely. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's like sometimes confidence can wane a little bit as you put yourself out there, right? Every day for me. Exactly. If it wasn't for Ashley, you know, uh, bouncing ideas off of her, I I wouldn't be anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so when you know that you're loved, that fear of rejection goes way down. When you know that spirit has your back, like you're a little bit more like, okay, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. It gives you this confidence that, for me personally, I'm like, oh, I'm I'm okay. I'm not on my own doing this. Yeah. And this is the thing I really want your listeners to understand is that all of your ancestors are rooting for you because you're getting they're getting to like live their dreams and support you and and they're like go go go. They want you to do what whatever it is that you want to do because they've passed down their gifts and all of their talents to you. And they're on the other side, whispering in your ear saying, oh, honey, just ask me and I'll work this out for you. I'll open that door for you. Um, So I really recommend connecting with them, even if it's just one, just like pick your grandma or whoever it might be and just start saying, grandma, I need some help with my book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's that simple. And I feel like, I mean, I, I even forget that. And so I think what I'm hearing is like, anyone has access to their loved ones at, totally. at all times. It sounds like all you have to do is ask. And like, what does asking look like? Is it a prayer? Is it speaking out loud? Is it writing? Like, like, can we talk about like the tactical ways to do it? Sure. Sure. So um, if I were to say to you, Ashley, 
I want you to talk to Anna about this. What kind of tactical things would you need? I think yeah. I would just need to like pick up the phone. Pick up and the call phone, Anna. And call. <laughs> yeah. There, there's your tactic. So I will give you a little bit of a grounded thing. Um, I'm not trying to be, you know, facetious here, but I'm just saying it really is as simple as talking. So yeah. I, I did take a class recently just to help ground me in some of this. And one of the things my teacher said is calling them by name out loud brings them to you. Mm. So even with my mom, so instead of saying mom, sometimes I'll just be like, Lucy, I need you right now. <laughs> and calling her by name, like she'll show up. She'll show up. Um, you can create what they call like an ancestor altar or a loved one's mm -hmm. altar. You can have mm -hmm. pictures of your loved ones either on the wall or have a little table and just start talking to them, you know, just Mexico, start inviting them. In Mexico, we call that an ofrenda. Yep. There which you go. is coming up, by the way. Yep, day the day. Um, yep. Another big part of Catholicism and my cultural heritage, which is Mexican. If you've ever listened to this podcast, you've heard that. Yeah. Um, and that's coming up. It's big in the Mexican. I mean, it's big in a lot of different traditions, this whole idea of yes. honoring people that have crossed over. So, you know, a simple thing that you can do is if you have any like Oracle cards or something like that, is you can ask your loved one a question and then pull a card. I've been doing that lately. It is uncanny. If you like say, all right, mom, I mean, I did this just the other day. I was like, mom, I just need to know that you're here. I just need to feel that you're here. And I have this this uh, really old Oracle deck and I pulled the card and the card literally was the mother card. And I was <laughs> oh, like, oh, wow. Well, I guess that's my answer. Yeah. Um, I, I have another question. One of my favorite authors is Laura Lynn Jackson, who She's wrote awesome. the book, The Light Between Us and also Signs. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I loved about Signs was that like, she said, your loved ones are always showing signs. Do you agree with that? And that could be like um, through like animals and deer and like you only just have to ask them for that sign and be very specific. Do you agree with her approach to that, that just getting signs from our loved ones? Absolutely. I mean, signs are great because they're, it's like a confirmation. Like whenever I hear Frank Sinatra, I'm like, oh, hi, mom. But what I love about Laurel Injection is she says that you can give them the sign. You don't have to wait because some people are like, how do I know if it's a sign? Maybe it is, maybe it's not, but you can say, you know, grandma, I, every time I see a blue Jay, um, I know that that's you. And the next thing you know, you see blue Jays everywhere. So I love the whole idea of um, giving them something that they can work with because it's, they've already, now you've given them something and like, oh, okay, let me, you know, let me connect with you from that. And then your mind is also looking for that. So you're going to see it more often, but I'm just going to share a quick story about that book sign. So I was reading that book and I was like, oh yeah, she, you know, she's really good. And I love books, but I never really feel the energy of my dad that much. My dad died when I was three and I don't remember him. So I don't have anything that I associate with him. And that whole book is about her and her journey with her dad who crossed over. Yeah. She kept finding these dimes everywhere. Yeah. And as I was reading the book, I went, two things happened. Once I went, because the only thing, one of the few things I remember is that my mom would say, my dad loved having a pocket full of change. He, he loved having a pocket full of pennies that made him feel really prosperous. Jingle. I find pennies everywhere, wow. everywhere. Then I was like, oh my God, he's been saying hi to me this whole time. And I, I didn't know it. But at the very end of that book, you guys appreciate this, having been authors, is um, there's a page that I've never seen in any other book talking about 
the typeface and saying the typeface of this book is blah 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 blah, and it's all it's talking about the printing. Right. My dad had a had a printing business. Oh, no so way. when I read that, I was like, I got even now I'm getting chills. I'm like, I have never read this at the back going into detail about the typeset and blah 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 and this and that. And my dad was a printer. That's what he did, and used to set the type. And and I was just like, oh my god, that's my dad. So, you know, even if you've never had a message, you can still feel that connection. It's really about willingness and inviting them in because none of the stuff we see in Hollywood is true. It's nothing scary. There's nothing creepy. Sure. We all come from the field of love. We all go back into the field of love and it's only love that wants to connect with us. It's so beautiful. I love that story of connecting with your dad. I have a similar one with my grandma when she passed away. I had like immediately heard this song called See You Again. And Mm. I just like cried because I missed her so much. But then when I started hearing it in random places over and over and over again, or if I would just like get in the car, turn on the radio, that song would be on. I was like, wait a second this is actually my grandma. Like this is not like, and and it still happens all the time. I hear, I'll hear the song in a grocery store. I'll hear the song in my car. And like, it's not a, it's, it's, you know, it's not like a top 100 on the radio. It's a great song. Um, but it's just, I hear it at the most random times. And now I'm like, Hey grandma, like you're here. I love it. Like, it's just so beautiful. So having those encounters, I don't know, Anna, have you ever had a sign? Yeah, I have actually. Um, yeah, when I was um, trying to get pregnant with my oldest, who's now in college, um, and this this happened before, I can go back even before my father died. I'll tell you this quick story about my dad. When I was trying to get pregnant and it was taking longer than what I had thought it would take, right? Um, I remember saying to my dad, I was sitting in my bedroom by myself. My husband was downstairs somewhere. And I said to him, please, daddy, please, please just find a soul for me. Just find mm-hmm. one for me. Aww. And within a couple of weeks, I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know? Wow. So I took that to be a sign. Mm-hmm. And That's when it. I was 18 years old, my cousin, um, my, my 18 year old cousin, she was two, two and a half months younger than me. She was hit and killed by a drunk driver. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my cousin, but we were the same age, so of course we were very competitive, right? Um, and not long, and I was always afraid of death. I'm not as much afraid of it as I was, but certainly when I was younger, I was very afraid of death and just everything that it entailed, the unknown, unknowing of it, right? Um, so after Kathy died, I had this dream, and it was a great dream, we were at her funeral. She had a very, very, very big funeral. And we were at her funeral and just everything kind of stopped. And this was in my dream. And she popped up out of the coffin. I know that sounds morbid and a little bit macabre, but she popped up out of the coffin. And she said, let's go for a ride. And she died in the middle of summer, mm. but outside it was winter. And we went out and we, we, we got on this um, sleigh and covered up in blankets and we went driving and we just had a, we just had a day, you know, we just mm-hmm. had a day and it was a lot of fun. And at the end of the day, we came back just doing things that 18 year olds do. Right. We came back to the church where everybody was still frozen. And I went back and I sat in my seat and she got, and I'm going to tear up here. She got back in the coffin and she said, it's all going to be okay. And mm. she shut the door. Oh, 
right? Um, I felt better after that. Yeah. It was interesting. I felt a little honored because I'm one of like 27 grandchildren. So I don't know if any of my other cousins had a dream like that, but I felt honored that she came to me. Yeah. Um, There are a lot of different things like that Mm -hmm. that have happened. Not that dream. That dream was the biggest one that I ever had. But um, a girlfriend of mine called me. In the middle of the night, I'm serious, like at 1.30 in the morning. And she said and her father had died when she was nine years old. And she knew that my dad had died when I was in my 20s. And she said to me, she said, um, Anna, I knew that you would you would understand this. I'm sorry for calling so late, but I knew you would get this. Um, I was thinking about my dad. And she had just um, she had just come out not long, maybe about a couple years before that. Mm-hmm. And she was at the beach, and she was staring out the wind at the the beach, the ocean. And she said, "Daddy, are you here?" And she said that she felt um, hands on her shoulders, mm-hmm. and she freaked out. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Called me." She said, "Do do you believe me?" I said, "Of course, I believe you. Sure, energy's mm-hmm. all over the world. You know, energy energy's all around. Of course, I believe you. Yeah." So. I do believe in things like that. I do believe in things that you 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 cannot understand and that you don't understand. And I, I, you know, I think that when your mom said to you, this is just the way it is, that's kind of just because you accept it like that, right? Not necessarily because that's the way the church teaches you, um, but that's just you understand, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were talking earlier about your journey, two things that you said to me stood out. And the first was about when you were in India and you had all these doubts and you had this, oops, sorry, you had this, that, and the other thing. It reminded me of Mother Teresa, who, as many people may or may not know, felt that she was consumed by demons because she did not love God enough and she actually had an exorcism. Mm-hmm. As True story. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, if that very holy woman, you know, had doubts, then I don't feel bad whenever I have doubts. Yeah. Right? And, and it's okay. Isn't that what was taught to us after after Easter, after the, the, the rock rolled away and Thomas wasn't there when Jesus arrived? And, you know, he said, I won't I won't believe it until I put my hand in his sides and his cuts. And that's how we have doubting Thomas, right? And I figure if Thomas can still become a saint and, you know, Jesus forgave him, I, I'm okay. Right? I'm okay. Yeah. There's, there's, there's hope yeah. for me. <laughs> Well, you know, the, I love the Doubting Thomas story because, you know, I, the, when I was growing up, the way I heard it was like, oh, Doubting Thomas, like you shouldn't doubt. But if we look at the story, God showed up anyway. You know, right. like Thomas was like, nope, I'm not going to believe this unless, and and shows, Jesus shows up and says, all right, if that's what you need, here you go. Here's my hand. And that's what I'm talking about with unconditional love. Like we judge ourselves and say, oh, I should have more faith. But ask for what you need. If you need evidence, ask for it. God's yes. like, all right, yeah. I'll come and I'll meet you where you are. This is the thing, you guys. It's like once you start doing this, especially as women, we've been taught to be afraid of these things. Yeah. But we're wired for these things. We're, right. We feel that connection to everything. Yeah. You will start getting downloads for your business. You will start getting the idea for your next book. You will start getting it if you just trust that you're plugged in, that you're plugged in. Well, it's really interesting to... What, what, what you also said about the the, um, the, the rabbi who lost mm-hmm. his family in the Holocaust. 
I believe, it is my opinion, that after World War II, organized religion changed very much to the stringent. Um, and I think a big part of that is because before World War II, the world didn't think like that. And then Adolf Hitler came along and we saw profound evil because mm -hmm. that's what he was. He was profoundly evil personified. And I think that after that, we as a population and certainly in the West and, and, and in the East because of Japan, but certainly in the West, um, we suddenly went from seeing shades of gray and colors to black and white. Mm -hmm. And our religion became that way as well. Yeah. It was this agree. way, you did this, or you were that. You think yeah. this, or you're not that. Yeah. And I think that the ramifications of what humanity allowed, you know, people who did not speak up, who did not step up and speak up and stop that man from committing heinous crimes and um, his ability to attract people to commit heinous crimes, because that's what it was. We said, oh my gosh, we can't let that happen again. So we did this and now we're going to do that. And I think it very much changed how we thought about everything. Could very well be. That's just me. Francis, I, you know, was something else that I, that came up, you know, you work with a lot of women entrepreneurs right. and, um, and I think it's so beautiful how you're, how you said, um, not long ago, like the, um, our spirituality can help inform like business decisions. And like, can you mm -hmm. just talk about just, um, faith, spirituality, as it relates to being a business owner and how we have access to this divine wisdom um, and love from the other side um, within our businesses and how that can help us inform and grow our businesses or even create businesses that are aligned with our purpose and not so much. Like, I think my other thing is like, I want to do what I love, but I don't want to hustle so much. And I'm pretty sure that the other side doesn't want me to hustle so much and work 12 hours a day. So like, what, what message do you have for women who are like Anna and I, who are listening to this podcast, who have their own businesses and um, want to know how the divine can play in, play a role in their business? It's a great question. Again, I could talk about it for a long time, but I'm going to just share with you my experience, which is we start with ourselves. We start with knowing ourselves. And that's why when I say everything is in your energy, part of what's in your energy is what's working for you and what's not working for you. So I'll just use you as an example and say, all right, Ashley, since you're, you have this energy of like something's going on, you know, wh what might it be? If you were to say to me, if we were to do a session together, and this would be more of a chakra session than a channeling session, mm -hmm. and you were to say to me, I'm thinking about doing this, I'm thinking about doing that, blah, blah, I would look at your energy and your energy is going to tell me like what, what it's up for. It's not going to tell you to do it or not do it. There's nothing predictive about it. Yeah. But I will share with you your energy. I'm seeing your energy on the beach down in Florida. Like, have you taken a vacation recently? And you'll say, oh, no. And part of what it is, is your energy is wired for success. Even you and Anna, like you're wired for success differently. Mm -hmm. So what works for her might not work for you. But the problem is, especially as women, we're following business models, usually created by men that don't yeah. really 100% work for us. Yeah. Sure. So you start with yourself and like, 
what what's really true for me? How can I get to know myself physically, mentally, emotionally, and then spiritually? And they all come together and they work together. So wherever you are wired, you know, you, you work with that. One of my favorite clients to work with, she came to me and she was just like, hustle, 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 hustle. And I looked at her energy and I was like, well, I got good news and bad news. You're actually not wired this way. She's like, what do you mean? I said, you're wired for fun. Like the more you play, the more your business is going to grow. She's like, how can that be possible? I said, is this working? She's like, well, no, this isn't working. I said, I want you to put some play and your energy is telling me walk in nature, do something creative. She's like, all right. So she started dedicating a day where she was like going in the hot tub and, you know, doing all this different stuff. And within 24 hours, business started to come. Wow. And, and what ended up happening was what was play for her was a certain aspect of her business that she loved doing. She loved going and storyboarding with people and doing all this stuff. She didn't like doing this other stuff. And she started getting clients who were like, can you come and do this workshop? She didn't even advertise for it. She was like, that's amazing. They had turned her down for this other big proposal that she worked really hard on. And when she said, you know what? I want to go in and have fun. I want to play with my clients. Boom. They, that's what that's what came. Now, it's not going to happen for everybody. Yeah. But that's the kind of thing of like, what's happening is you're, you're letting go of your inner resistance because we're wired for the energy to be flowing all the time. Right. We're wired to be experiencing miracles and grace all the time. The whole reason we do spiritual practices is to help ourselves get out of our own way and yeah. to connect us in with that energy. So start with yourself, get to know yourself. And then I would say, if you want to start connecting in with spirit, you can start connecting with your loved ones. But the thing that is universal and really easy is start calling on the angels. Angels mm -hmm. are everywhere. Everybody has angels. They, they don't belong to any religion and their job is to help us. So right. if you're struggling in your business, you have three angels in the corner tapping their toe saying, I wish you would ask for help. Wow. So ask for help, give an angel mm. a job. That's what I say. You know, mm, I'm writing that down. Yeah. I need to remember that. Ask for help. Yeah. Ask it's, angels for help. <laughs> uh, I think we just say ask for help because we do forget to do that. All the very, time. Yeah. A, a very wise man once said, and I don't remember if it was Linus or Charlie Brown, but a very wise man <laughs> once said, what if the stars in the sky aren't really stars, but they're windows to heaven for our loved ones to see us. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't know where I read that years ago. And I think about it. And I think that sometimes that could be true. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Reverend Francis. You're welcome. For Such a joy. bringing that knowledge back to me, making me remember those things. Oh, yeah. And I appreciate Reverend, it. Reverend Francis, this has been amazing. I'd love for you to share... Um, with our audience where um, they can find more information about you and how they can work with you. Um, sure. So share away. Yeah. So if you go to my website, francisfaden.com, and that's Francis spelled with an E, F-R-A-N-C-E-S-F-A-Y-D-E-N, um, francisfaden.com, right there, you'll see the work with me page. And if people just have like I really want to connect with somebody. I really want to get a message. You can do channeling sessions. They're on there. If you want me to take a look, let's see, like, where are you stuck in your energy? There's a chakra breakthrough session. You can do that. What I really love is working with people over time. I call it miracle mentoring so that you get to know yourself. You understand your energy. You know how to take care of yourself and you connect in with your purpose. And if people wanted, wanted like, ongoing help, then you can always set up a complimentary, what I call a miracle meeting. 
and we can talk about what would the next steps be for you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm going to go look at that. Thank you. <laughs> Anna's going to be calling you soon. <laughs> awesome. I would love it. I would love it. Get to hang out with you in St. Anthony. That'd be lovely. That's right. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, listeners. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Really have. We're grateful to you, Reverend Francis. And listeners, we'll see you again in two weeks. Bye. Bye.